and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I'm Jeff, and guess who here? Who here? <laughs> who here? It's Richard. Yeah? Richard here. Guess else who here? Michael. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> Frankenstein, Tonto, and... Uh... Yeah. Oh, who... Who is the Frankenstein, Tonto, and Tarzan. Tarzan, yeah. No, it's Frankenstein. Tar- yeah, yeah. Fire good. Fire good. Um, okay, so yes, uh, those are all performers uh, who embodied those roles and viewed those roles with uh, great uh, pathos and uh, dignity. Boy, what a save. Right? I love, I love the unwillingness to re-record that. And he just, he swam right through it. He swam right through all the rocks in the way. <laughs> he rode this river raft right over them and around those these rapids into calm waters. Congratulations, <laughs> Jeffrey. Thank Amazing you very work. much. Uh, Captain Hopkins. There we go. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Dispatching my role in a believable way, hopefully, of host. But this podcast, this is the topic, is uh, the Mount Rushmore of There's Nothing fill-in-the-blank performer can do to make me think that they are a character in the film and not fill in the blank performer. Uh, so, who, who gentleman who's chosen? Richard that, Manfredi. No, no that, that was mine. That, <laughs> that mouth garbling. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, topic uh, is my choice. Uh, it was from an older list that we had going on one of our like working spreadsheets, and I have no idea who made me think about it. So I had to kind of rejigger my brain and mm-hmm. try to figure out who was the person that I that. I, I thought of when I was thinking of this topic, because that's how it usually starts with all of us, right? We yeah. have one idea and see how it blossoms. But, um, you know, I think there are some actors and actresses who um, are very good actors, but at the same time, boy, I they are just, I can't see unsee their face. I can't unsee mm-hmm. their personality. And maybe each of these characters is just an an aspect of their personality versus, I don't know. I mean, I think that we've had a topic in the past that was like best actors, full stop, but you can't talk about Daniel Day-Lewis. And Daniel Day-Lewis was like, okay, he's literally a different person figuratively, uh, kind of uh, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, Who else do we joke about in the break? It was... um, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yeah. That like, yes, they they wholly become these people and lose any sense of Daniel Day Lewisness or Meryl Streepiness. And um, I don't know. I think that there is, this is like the, you know, uh, other side of the coin of this, of these people who doesn't matter what they do. They are, they are just, they are just them no matter what. Yeah. You like, and it's not, it's not, it's not really a knock against them. It's just, I can't not see them. I can't not see that person. Yeah, I feel like that's true with like Snoopy when he's in different movies. Like, yeah, Joe Cool. I mean, come on. <laughs> You're what not is he? The Red Baron. The Red Baron. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I guess we can do, we can discuss this in the in the realm of what our choices. But you know, there are there are actors who are movie stars who are kind of always portraying in a. a, a version of themselves oh i gotta scrub something out and write my dad in here hold on oh yes oh my god he got beat up by manix or something like that in in (laughs) david hasselhoff wasn't it david hasselhoff Hasselhoff beat the crap out of him oh yeah thrown through a a, a loosely stacked uh 
bunch of cardboard boxes or something. <laughs> okay, well, let's just jump in. Uh, so Michael chose it. So Richard, who's your first thing? Who person who doesn't? But but you don't. But you don't believe it. Yeah. Uh, first one's Jack Black. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. great Jack choice. Black great is choice. always Jack Black in every movie. Pretty much every movie that he's in, whether it's a live action or animated film. God, I'm kicking myself. Oh, what a yeah. great choice. I mean, they hired him to do the Kung Fu Panda, and they basically drew him to look exactly like Jack Black, and then basically said, just be Jack Black. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think a lot of this has to do with if an actor has become so associated with a certain character, or a certain type of character, that now other people are looking for like a Jack Black type. Mm-hmm. Once you have become a type, you are no longer sort of an actor who is taking on new roles and putting on different masks and all that, the proverbial mask and all that. You now just become yourself. Yeah. And I know there was a long stretch of time where there was a lot of Jack Black types. Get mm-hmm. the movie Stan Fogler and mm. I don't know who else, but there were a lot of Jack Black types. Those sort of movies where you're looking for kind of the slightly overweight manic energy lovable but kind of a pain in the ass sort of sort of guy yeah i would even say that uh chris pratt came on the scene in entertainment as a jack black type yes yeah andy in parks and rec was a little bit bigger and he and i i think he began coppering some he's a genuinely funny person you can see in like the improv outtakes but definitely some some of the mannerisms of of Jack Black, so yeah, and and I said almost all because there is one movie because he's not somebody who's tried to do it. Well, he's done a few like I'm going to be more serious type roles. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly enough, they never actually seem to work out on in terms of box office. Yeah, um, the one I do remember seeing him in was a, was a Richard Linkletter film called Bernie. Oh yeah, yeah, about Bernie Sanders, where he played Bernie Sanders, which I thought was a real no. <laughs> did not play Bernie Sanders. Uh, he plays a small town mortician in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Who ends up getting into this weird relationship with this cranky old lady played by mm-hmm. Shirley MacLaine. And he's great in it. And he really suppresses like 95% of the Jack Blackness. Mm-hmm. So it's not that he can't do it. I just think it's he knows it's not as profitable for him to do that. Yeah. I, I do feel for the those the comics when they take off the uh, red nose – Mm-hmm. They are often indicted. You like you would have to be pretty amazing. Even like, I think the first one I was aware of as a young person was um, uh, Bill Murray in Razor's Edge. Like he yeah. had just done, I don't know, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters one. I forget. Yeah, like something, and and he tried to do a drama and or uh, Jim Carrey in Unbearable. No. It spotless mind, whatever the internal sunshine, internal sunshine. sunshine. Yeah, they don't always get um, – people basically say, you're damned if you do either way because they say, uh, I'm getting tired of your shtick, funny man. Mm-hmm. And they would always say, yeah, me too. I want to do a drama. And then you do a drama and then they say, just go back to doing what makes us laugh. I'm like, all <laughs> right. I'm kind of damned either way. But yeah, I've, I remember loving Jack Black and then thinking, oh, how long is this going to last? Because – right. The tricks that he has in his bag are pretty damn hilarious, but I think I've seen them all. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very one note, his mm-hmm. comedic performances. Yeah. That's uh, I'm the, the, 
be interesting by by the end of this uh, chat if we have named a comic who is actually able to um, um, to do to, to create comedic hmm. roles that are um, have different kind of uh, sensibilities to them as a performer. But uh, Winfield, what's your first choice? Uh, my first choice was uh, Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, as someone who. Uh, has such range of playing a crazy pirate to a crazy candy maker to a literal mad hatter. Mm-hmm. He's always very, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just the last half of his career where this sort of kind of manic, uh, wild-eyed, really not too subtle sort of character actor sort of thing has kind of developed where, I don't know, I can't see him and not see johnny depp doing these things and i i think sometimes that happens you know maybe it's a kind of a jack black type thing where you settle into these roles or you're always cast in these roles but i think he has tremendous say in what he does and what he says yes to he's not i don't think he's a person that is like um i don't know i need to pay for this house so i I gotta i think you think look look all those Bottles of Chateau Brion. Isn't, like isn't that like his own winery? So isn't it just like walking out the back door? <laughs> just taking your own. It's like, it's like walking home with like post-its. No, I just remember hearing sto- there were a lot of stories in the entertainment mm. cast over the last year about how much in debt Johnny Depp is. Uh, well, I'm and some of his Some of his ridiculous expenses. He's one of those guys who like charge, you know, will fly a private jet to London because there's a steak restaurant he wants to go to. He's not like one of those sort of guys. Oh, steak, steak a poivre, something like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, never mind. But I don't know. I, I Welcome think to that... Outback Steakhouse, Mr. Depp. <laughs> Would you like to try a blooming onion? <laughs> Wait, this is an Australian-themed London steakhouse. Uh, so, Michael, but do you think... Th- so we've talked about yes. Jack uh, Johnny Depp, I think, here before in that kind of... He, in his work, at least with Tim Burton... He always plays the kind of the um, eccentric outsider who is largely misunderstood, who happens to be wearing a top hat for some reason, um, mm. it seems. But we kind of think that he's evolved and even his kind of eccentric character roles in like a J.K. Rowling kind of thing or stuff. Those are even kind of one note. right? I think they've definitely turned it. I, I think that just uh, I think, too, uh, I see that Johnny Depp is in something and I imagine Oh, it's going to be this type of performance. I and I can't not see him as attached to it and whatever, you know, kind of baggage he brings to it. I think unfortunately that happens a lot with um, actors and actresses. You get a glimpse of like their social life and their private life, and then it's like, what? Well, mm-hmm. Now all I'm thinking about is that. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about what he's this, you know, ridiculous. Um, kind of trial with his ex-wife was and seeing like the very online people being in like favor of him and that's like like oh the on all these creepy online guys like him mm, oh mm-hmm. well, now <laughs> now i'm thinking of now i'm thinking of that while he's uh, mm-hmm. dressed up in a rabbit costume or uh, in one of his multiple like you said um, top hats yeah and i i think it's like sometimes people can't get out of their own way and i think it happens with actors too mm-hmm. You know, what I think is interesting is a musician is never, unless you're somebody like Bowie or Madonna, uh, a musician is never actually playing a different role. Mm. Uh, so we always love Bruce Springsteen when he's Bruce Springsteen. Like we want him 
we want him to do that thing. And it seemed like, but I don't feel like we ever kind of indicted the, uh, uh, the Ramones or ACDC for doing the same kind of thing each time. I wonder why, what it is about acting that, that makes that a little bit different. Um, in which they seem like they're bringing more of themselves or their shtick than they are the character. Curious. Okay, well, Richard, what's your second? All right, my second choice is Tom Cruise. Never heard of him. Yeah. Man, mainly does smaller roles Indies. in, in okay. films. Yeah. Okay. No, I. It's, it's now impossible for me to look at Tom Cruise and not just picture him jumping on a couch yelling yeah. at, at yeah. Oprah. There you go. That's just who he is now Mm -hmm. to me. And it doesn't help that pretty much at this point in his career, he's totally abandoned the, the act actual actor Mm -hmm. part of his, his role. And now it's just guy who runs away from explosions. Yeah. That's just who he is now. Yeah. And you could just see him straining. Did you, Hey, did you notice that was me doing that stunt? That guy who Mm -hmm. jumped out of the helicopter and landed on the other helicopter. That was me. Me, Tom Cruise, the actor. That's all I can think of whenever I see him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. And as he's aged, I've always usually the kind of last person to, to kind of buy off on somebody. Like I think maybe I've said this on the podcast too. I just, I just, uh, I just checked off on uh, Justin Timberlake last year. Like Done. I'm the guy who just last year passed. Approved Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I guess he's okay. <laughs> uh, but like, the one thing that I feel like about Tom Cruise is like, um, like maybe it's the flip the thing of what you just said. Like, there's a bunch of guys getting twenty million dollars a picture, but they're not all hanging from the Burj Khalifa or whatever, or they're not all free climbing, or they're not all grabbing onto the jet and put putting it on the line like that. Maybe they don't have an ego that makes them take somebody else's job, i.e. stuntman. <laughs> yeah. Their own. But, uh, you know, I think dial that... it back to just flash bartending in cocktail or or uh, racing a car in, you know, the Sound of Thunder or whatever that was. Uh, Days um, of Thunder. Yeah, Days of Thunder. So in a way, I kind of go, well, he's been around this long and he's he seems to actually put his, his whole self into the thing. But that doesn't make you think he's anything other than Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he always has um, you know, a couple of spots in a movie too where it's just like a very Tom Cruisey type uh, moment where like he'll be talking to someone, it'll be really intense, and his eyes get real squinky, you know, mm-hmm. and then he'll do a thing where he'll like turn around or turn like around. Yeah, and he has like a really like intense, curious, quizzical like turn around face in every movie. <laughs> And every time it's like, well, that's a Tom Cruise uh, intense uh, turnaround, figuring stuff out face yeah. where you don't trust somebody who uh, you should have trusted or they were supposed to be your friend. But then all of a sudden uh, we're now in a thriller and it's like, yeah, and that, uh, little Tom Cruise smile. And it's like smile and it's a knowing smile. Uh, <laughs> Tom Cruisiness. Yeah. He, he, he's still uh more fit than I will ever be in my life, but he does have a compactness that makes him look like a satyr or something like that. Like, <laughs> I like imagine Prince. Like, I love like that. Like the horse part of his body kind of went away or the goat part went away. You never know. He's just walking around. He has just like these little, this little flute, this little, yeah. <laughs> this little pan flute that yeah. he's always uh, whistling with. He jumps uh, out of the airplane in his 
fake legs that he uses to cover his hooves. <laughs> fly off. Uh, Michael Winfield, what's your second one? Uh, I'd really love to choose my dad, but I'm not going to. Uh, what should I? I don't know. I, I mean, one, it would be hard because I, I see him as my, as my dad. It would be like, who's that guy on the stage? <laughs> huh. I didn't know that. My He's wearing a mustache was... for an upcoming production, and it's like, ha, huh. never seen my dad. <laughs> my dad was in plays when I was a very young man, and I remember him telling me how uh, this was before I had done any kind of performing myself, but mm-hmm. he would tell me his plan for stealing focus and upstaging everybody that night. <laughs> ah, I love it. <laughs> that was his kind of, his nature was like, if you can <laughs> steal focus and make everybody look at you, even when other important things are happening with other performers, then you're, you're what you won acting. I won the play. <laughs> All for one. That one person being me. <laughs> yeah. Me. Yeah. Uh, All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my choices. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson has Ooh. never not been Samuel L. Jackson in oh, no yeah. matter what he has been in. Yeah. Uh, he's such an intense actor and has these big, intense eyes and just so loud and aggressive and angry. Uh, and just the camera is so drawn to him, but he's very much him in everything. It's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if he's wearing like an eye patch or mm-hmm. like a crazy purple outfit or is getting eaten by a shark or yeah. getting eaten by a dinosaur or getting what well, there's his he brings the same sort of intensity in the same thing mm-hmm. and maybe those are the roles he chooses mm-hmm. um i haven't seen him in something that i feel like has been just very loose and laid back in a long time but i think that when you're trying to get i mean and now for the last you know 10 12 years he has been nothing but um, uh, you know, uh, Nick Fury, pretty Nick much. Nick Fury, as you know, the cold, calculated. It's like the, mm-hmm. this, you know, role. It feels like, oh, that's the. What do you want to? You need Sam Jackson. That's a Sam Jackson role to just mm-hmm. be like. That's just who he is, and I can't see him. Yeah. As an actor, um, I don't know what he's like as a person behind the scenes. He's probably, I don't know if he's like that. But he's probably mm-hmm. not. He's just, this is something that he can turn on, but this is the thing that he specifically um, turns on. I mean, I guess I can yeah. look at his IMDb and see really what. Watching him play Stax in Goodfellas was a real shock. Like, oh, he's just kind of a low-level thug who who has no power or authority. Mm. Like, that was like watching watching that part. It was like, wow. And was he also, I forget what his role in, I think, was in a school days or um um this was a spike lee movie um i forget which one where he he was do the right thing do the right thing yeah i think he was just uh, kind of a street person you know so he wasn't in charge of anything or ordering anybody around seeing him play a low power character seems kind of bizarre because yeah so much authority normally yeah i would i you know all of his his things he's always like kind of intense but always cool yeah he's always kind of a He's in control of uh, the, you know, the ca- character's anger and intensity. Uh, you know, yeah. looking back at his last movies that weren't um, that weren't uh, Marvel related. You know, um, Shaft. Yeah, <laughs> that is damn. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mace Windu X. has Mace yeah. Windu has some pretty authoritative <laughs> things. Mace Windu is exactly. Yeah. 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 
Okay, uh, uh, we are at halftime, and we're going to say, uh, hey, download, rate, and review past episodes. We really appreciate it if you would. It helps us connect uh, the, um, the subjects we choose with our audience, which is you, and we would appreciate if you uh, uh, let us know through the uh, format of Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And spooky season's coming up. Uh, we'd love to do some, maybe some Halloween themed topics that you suggest. So let us know a topic that you'd like uh, to talk about. We, I think we're in our seventh Halloween or sixth. Sure, I don't know. Um, and we've talked a lot of a lot of different aspects of that kind of spooky season stuff. So maybe somebody out there has a fun topic they'd love for us to engage with and bring you along for the podcast. It's as simple as getting on a Zoom. And that stuff and those things. And so now it's Richard's third. My third choice is Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like the way you oh, said yeah. that. that. That's an appropriate response to Vince Vaughn <laughs> in 2022. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I think it's hard for me because I, like most people, my first exposure to him was in Swingers, which yeah. if you hear John Favreau talk about it, he basically wrote the part the Vince Vaughn plays based on his friendship with Vince Vaughn. Oh, interesting. It was essentially Vince. It was written for Vince Vaughn to play himself, but sort mm-hmm. of a, an exaggerated version of Vince Vaughn. Okay. So. Your best- they, never, they never say, they never say, I want you, but I want 10% of you. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I want low key. You. Yeah. Always uh, take that up a little. Yeah. yeah. So. I guess it's hard for me because I know that story and I know that he's basically in a lot of ways he's playing himself when he's, when he's in swingers. And then that created a persona that he's then proceeded to more or less make his money off of the rest of his career, whether it's old school or dodgeball or the breakup or whatever it happens to be. Um, This whole persona that he's built up that is based on an exaggerated version of himself. Yeah. So I, I I just get the sense that he basically is the guy that you see on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I saw him. I was on a Southwest Airlines flight. I think it was L.A. to Vegas. And um, I don't I've never heard. I, I, I've never seen anybody more disheveled in my life. It was yes. like he had <laughs> somehow just fell out of the limo and like no no luggage. Like he had a sense that whatever he needed, he was going to buy in the hotel gift shop when he arrived in Vegas. I would love to travel like that. Yeah. And it was funny to see also um, Vince Vaughn. I realize this is like name dropping and not actual commentary on the the pick, but he, I mean, what I would say is in the movie of life, he was playing Vince Vaughn, you know, Um, but also um, I think unlike other movies, uh, uh, he can't control the dialogue that comes from strangers to come up to him and want him to be Vince Vaughn or yeah. sending Bloody Marys to his, uh, his seat. You know, like it was funny to see him out in the wild in an, uh, an uh, open, open field where people could interact with him and he had to kind of respond. And he didn't have any snappy dialogue necessarily, but he, he sure was Vince Vaughn in the whole time. He needed a writer to help him out with life. Yeah. 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 I uh, I saw Vince Vaughn once in the wild at uh, outside of a, a Japanese bar slash restaurant 
Mm-hmm. And he was wandering outside to have a cigarette at like 5.30 in the afternoon, and he did not look good. Yeah. He looked rough for 5.30 on like a Thursday. I was driving to kickball, and I uh-huh. had to park. There was like a mini mark that was attached to the Japanese restaurant. And I pulled mm-hmm. in, saw him out there, and he, yeah, he looked like. <laughs> He looked like it was. I I got the sense he had not he had not just shown up for happy hour. He had been there yeah. a while. <laughs> you know, it's funny when we get a surprise that Michael uh, Mike Tyson beats people up outside mm. of the ring too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like mm. oh, Vince Vaughn is an alcoholic. Okay, oh, we don't know that he's an alcoholic, but oh, he, he likes to tip one back. Surprise, surprise! Talking to me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. An actor prepares. Um, so, uh, Winfield, what's your third? Uh, halftime? I thought we did the halftime. We did, did halftime. Because we, half-time? we yeah. just took our spooky season. My goodness. No, My no goodness. No, right. no problem. Man. My third choice is Dwayne, in quotes, The Rock, <laughs> end quote, Johnson. Dwayne where, Rocky, The Rock. Yeah. Uh, boy, is there another guy who, I think it it probably is just his physica- physical nature, his physicalness, mm-hmm. that he is going to play these big tough guy cool calm and collected roles with an amazing gigantic body and a super bald shaved head Uh, i can't imagine him wearing a wig in any role going forward for the rest of his life it's is you ever gonna have hair again probably not yeah but from his um you know obviously his wrestling background to his on-screen debut as a giant scorpion monster uh to uh every role that he has really done over the last number of years where he's an adventurer wearing some sort of um uh, khaki uh, uh shirt with um lots of pockets to another one where he's an adventurer in a khaki shirt and lots of pockets to um uh he's fighting a giant gorilla in a khaki shirt and lock up lots mm-hmm. of pockets or uh, um uh you know love him he is just the rock it's like imagining you know maybe these wrestlers all will always be this way it's just they are their physical nature they are just chiseled into who they are it's not like hulk hogan would ever be like um anything else other looking, looking like yeah. hulk hogan. he's not pulling anything else off he is the rock i figure just and you know god bless him he is gonna be that way and that's okay yeah but yeah, I, I'm, not, he, I'm not pretending he's not. I'm sorry. Black Adam's coming out. Mm-hmm. It's the rock in a superhero suit. <laughs> you know, the way I feel, almost feel like it's um, in a way we're criticizing McDonald's for not having a different menu. Like, no, mm. that's not the business model. <laughs> it's it's uh, when you show up, I'm the same thing that I was the last time you were here. Um, but uh, but yeah, um were they to be surprised when they people stop going to the movies because they haven't shown us something new though that's that's i think what we're criticizing but i i find that interesting how you know what's funny is our last two picks were in a movie together was it get shorty or something like that or i forget it was the se- maybe the sequel to get shorty there was a scene where um vince vaughn is kind of taunting the rock oh uh i forget what it was but uh the rock's job and that was to be kind of humorless and um a guy who wanted to murder Vince Vaughn. Uh, and it's interesting because the rocks on screen persona now has plenty of kind of cleverness to it and, and a dimension 
but I think in that film, I forget what it was that they. Were, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, he was not. Um, he was not uh, suffering the fool of uh, Vince Vaughn very lightly. But yeah, that's fascinating because especially we're kind of getting into some genre studies. It seems like when we sure. were talking off mic about the skills of like Meryl Streep or like uh, Daniel Day Lewis, they do a lot of drama and things like the um, Cruise. Um, you know, Jackson, The Rock, Jack Black, they're either comedy or action, it seems. But, yeah, the only thing I can think of, um, uh, Jack Black being kind of around kids in School of Rock, mm-hmm. um, being another dimension, um, at least because he seemed to have some, act, act to show some emph- empathy for the people around him. But You are right, it is Be Cool. The, be Cool? Uh, be Cool to get short. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what is your final choice, Richard Manfred? All right. My final choice is Zoe Deschanel. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't. Uh-oh. Did I, did I, did I, am I picking at a scab here, this Jeff? This is or? like that poodle hat of a woman who just like, I just don't. Come on. Just I just, on. you need someone in the movie to sing uh, cooingly and play ukulele to Ooh, some yeah. pixie songs. That's your person. Yeah. And that seems to be what she does in real life most of the time anyway. And I like she and him, the musical act. I actually like them. But (laughs) Poodle Hat of a Person is a pretty good uh, way to describe her. And that's certainly, I mean, if you need a manic pixie dream girl, that's your go-to choice. It could be just my life history coming back because that's that's the girl I fell in love with. Most of over my life. and over again. Yeah, the the kind of the wrinkled vintage skirt and the rock band t shirt, and she's driving a riding a ba- bike with a basket on it. Um, you know, to her job at the art supply store. Um, it's like, oh my god, how many girls like that have I chased? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, she she's wearing a kind of a sweater. It smells a little bit like cat pee, um, but in a but, charming way. But in a charming way, yeah. That was uh, funny because it was at 500 Days of Summer where she's the, yeah, manic pixie dream girl. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, you know, informs the audience that uh, greeting cards are shallow. Like, oh, thanks, dude. Thanks so much for <laughs> hipping me to that one. Yeah, letting me know that. I haven't seen it. I've heard yeah. mixed things about it. I know people yeah. who really like it. And I know people who are like, not for me. Yeah, I think it's almost like um, if Urban Outfitters did Annie Hall or something like that. like right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I apologize for the first uh, uh, non-male performer to be introduced to this category. And I come at it with so much venom because uh, it, <laughs> obviously, Zoe, you're doing many things right. So, uh, All right. Uh, Winfield, what's your final one? Uh, my last choice uh, is a weird guy and a weird dude and always plays weird roles. And it's just Ron Perlman will not always oh, wow. look like ron perlman yeah. as a person as it doesn't matter if you uh stack uh, uh you know three inches of like red paint on him uh if you strip him away and he's like uh, naked or you know yeah. looking like uh looking like a lion creature and beauty and the beast he is just ron perlman and yeah. he is just such an interesting looking human being and interesting face and he's 
uh, just as an actor, is just like, whoa, that's Ron Perlman for sure. <laughs> Woo. He's going to, and um, I don't know, maybe a lot of. Um, well, Ron Perlman's outside right now letting you he's know. Right. Appreciate that. He's honking at me, uh, doing a lot of honking. But Ron Perlman, yeah, just this kind of, kind of gorilla looking person just mm-hmm. like everything he's just so mm-hmm. wild and like you just cannot i think sometimes you just can't or i can't at least uh take that away and i think that's probably his entire life has probably been spent mm-hmm. um, either being cast in roles uh, that accentuate his physicality or um uh yeah do you think that when the planet of the apes movies came out ron Perlman <laughs> was pissed like <laughs> They gave it to Andy Serkis. I could have done that. I didn't. Even, I wouldn't have even needed the CGI. Think how much money I could have saved them. It was funny. Yeah. It was uh, seeing him. Do you ever see City of Lost Children? Is your name? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. sure. Yeah, him and that uh, doing French phonetically was just so. I shed the le deuxième It was like so funny. That was the most non Perlman esque thing. Mm. I I think I yeah. Saw saw him at um because it's true i think even that he was playing like a big galoot right yeah big galoot yeah uh and i think imagine like when you're a french director you see this man he's like a giant monkey i must have him in my film (laughs) he is andre the giant he's andre the giant (laughs) um yeah he's like the arc de triomphe but he can move around he's amazing (laughs) wow that was the worst french okay all right, well, uh, what a fun category. And we got to slag on some uh, people who never Love think it. about us, and they all got millions of dollars. So yeah. yep. take that peg, move down yeah. one whole peg. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I definitely got to go with kind of the kind of the, I think the biggest perpetrator, and let's go to um, Tom Cruise. And um, also, equal, um, equal time, Zoe Deschanel. Take that. And um, I. I got a soft spot for this because I, I felt like it was the first person I ever saw it come. And I didn't see it come with Jim Carrey for some reason. I thought he'd last forever. Jack Black. And then um, let's go with Ron Perlman. So mm-hmm. thank you, dudes. Thank you. Uh, for anybody who thinks our podcast is getting redundant, you can submit a topic and you can be part of this redundancy by joining us. So do that. This has been Mount Rushmore of there's nothing blank actor in this film can do to make me think that they're a character in this film and not blank actor. I'm always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 